1: This podcast on 97.3, The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino. Real close, real friendly, real fun.
0: They're an arrogant, ingrown, close knit brotherhood like
1: the Mafia. They're the product of a sick society. To hell with tomorrow. Their bag is today. Their bag is right is, now. Right, now, right, now, right. now. Welcome to Ben and Woods. Oh, the hair on my neck just went <laughs>
2: straight up. With Ben Higgins. Thank God all these bottles I popped. All this paper I've been getting. All these models I popped. Stephen Woods. It's my job to pull that demon out of Ben Higgins. And I
1: will do it. And Paul Reindel. Oh, my God. <laughs>
2: it's Ben and Woods. Oh, I do. We <laughs> changed <laughs> the balance <laughs> On ninety-seven-three, the fan. Yeah, oh, it's it. a throwback Thursday, but not just any throwback Thursday. We are talking Padres baseball as they come home from Dodger Stadium, one-one in the National League Division Series Game Three tomorrow night, five thirty-seven. First pitch. It'll be Blake Snell on the mound for your Padres, and yes, Tony Gonsolin. We just talked about it with David Schoenfield. For I don't know how long, as he mentioned, he's only thrown like two innings since August. And I know they're not expecting, you know, five or six out of Gonsolin. He had a great season, 17-1 and or something like that, including some wins over the Padres. He was great, but he's not going to be out there for a full outing. So they're going to have to either piggyback with Dustin May or Heaney or, or, or someone coming in after that. And kind of piece it together. Now the bullpen should be fairly rested. Most of their best arms pitched in Game One, and and now they've got a, an off day, uh, two days off essentially. So they'll be able to to trot out a lot of different arms. Who knows, man?
3: Like if if the Padres can jump on Gonsolin early tomorrow night, like you, I would assume if you're Dave Roberts, you're treating that like an elimination game. You do not want to be down two to one. On the road at Petco Park with Joe Musgrove getting the no, you ball do in, not. Game three, no, in game three. No, you four. do
2: not. Um their phone lines are open, eight three three two eight eight zero ninety seven three. If you want to react to last night's game. Real quick, I, I wanted, do yeah.
3: I wanted to read a tweet. because uh, okay. you were talking right as we were going to break in that last segment there about how AJ Preller going out and getting Josh Hader. I mean, that that got us a win. Back in July. Or I, in I August, fully believe that. Yes. That got us the win last night. And I loved uh this tweet from Nick. Tweeted into Ben Woods, he said, Two months ago, a four-out save by Hater seemed unimaginable. Six months ago, Suarez had the worst major league debut of any pitcher I can remember. Congrats to Ruben Niebla on being one of the best coaches, pitching coaches in the game, and I think that was spot on. I had kind of erased <laughs> Suarez's debut back in uh, April. Or walk, March. walk,
2: hit batsman. They Holy blew the lead lead in Arizona, league. and yeah, yeah, that was that was a rough and, and way to, to start see, your season. And,
3: and it's like you know." We didn't know a whole lot about Suarez at that time, but we knew what Josh Hader was capable of and maybe that made it even more frustrating during his slump, but to see those guys bounce back and be absolutely filthy, dominant, unbelievable last night from both of those guys.
2: You know those deadline deals, you know, you can talk about maybe that guys were a little disappointing, Josh Bell slumped, Brandon Drury was was good certainly for a while, but Juan Soto wasn't Juan Soto. Josh Shader got off to the slow start. You make those deals, though, to put together the best lineup you can for a postseason game. And Josh Bell already paid dividends in the Mets series. Juan Soto has yet to totally break out. He had a couple of balls really hard. He has some hits. Uh, he's just not getting the extra base hits right now. You feel like it could still be coming. Uh, Brandon Drury, we'll see what he does in the postseason. But Josh Hader has already paid, paid off his dividends with, I think, Uh, Clearly a game that the Padres probably would have lost with their old bullpen, but win with Robert Suarez and 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 Josh Hader. Martinez did a great job yesterday, but I'm just
3: sitting there and I'm going, just get the ball to Hader. I was thinking Garcia
2: was going to come in, rested, but they went with Martinez on back-to-back days. I thought that was, uh, Bob Melvin must have had some matchup information that he liked there. I was a little surprised by that. and They did end up having to go with Hader there in the eighth, but it worked out. You can't. You can't complain with the results. So 833-288-0973. eight zero ninety seven three. We're also going to play some real or fake coming up. If you want to call in for that, uh, qualify for a trip to Las Vegas in a few minutes. But let's go out to Chris. Welcome to Ben and Woods after the Padres five to three win last night. Good morning.
4: Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Good. Very good. I it just it kind of struck me while I was on hold. Isn't it awesome? First of all, that it's a middle of October and we're still talking. 2022 Padres, not next year Padres.
2: It's so great, isn't it? I mean, you know, I was thinking last night and, you know, always preparing myself, hoping for the best, preparing myself, though, for the worst. And what I took away was it's so great to have playoff baseball because this is the best of baseball and we so rarely get it here. We rarely get to enjoy the drama of these games with our team and just savor it. Savor every moment. I know you do, Padres fans. You're not like the Dodgers who know we'll be there next year and the year after. And the year after, it's special when it's the Padres and they're playing in October, Chris. I mean, isn't it special when that happens? A
4: a thousand percent. The other point I wanted to make, every one of these moves that – I know AJ gets a lot of flack because he's been here, what, eight years and we haven't won a World Series yet. Well, first of all, it's hard to win a World Series. Um but every one of these moves he's made this year, you, even if some of these guys, maybe Drury or bell, aren't are always bruising, there's still a presence in that lineup when they're standing on deck. It changes some thinking for the from the pitcher who whoever they're facing, even if they're not you know Soto's not hitting home runs per se, but he's still a presence in that lineup, and the I mean, like I said, when you go every move that's happened starting with Bob Melvin. I remember an interview earlier in the year when Suarez was struggling a little bit. I remember it was an interview with Melvin and he said at some point later in the year, this guy is going to be, have a big impact on our pitching staff. And it just seems like he is pushing. He's, I mean, literally right now, Bob is pushing pretty much. I know there were some questions on bell pinch hitting last night, but every other move he's making. that's the reason why we got this guy. It's very evident. He has had a huge Between the steadiness, the not panicking after losing game one, um, there's just a different presence throughout that entire uh, team right now. And you can't look, you don't need to look any further than what Bob Melvin's doing right now.
3: Good call, Chris. Hang on. Can we just play a game real quick? Chris, hang on with us here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Taunt. Tom just tweeted in. This caller sounds like Bob Melvin, and you just praised Bob. Is that you praising Bob Melvin, (laughs) Bob (laughs) or Chris? Quote unquote. uh, All right, seriously, you got me. You got me. It's Bob.
2: Okay, okay, give us a little Bob Melvin here. Tell us. Just tell me. Say something. Say. um, No, you play Bob, and then we'll have Chris repeat it. Okay, okay. So yeah, all right. Here's first of all, Bob Melvin or Chris. Let's play the game. All right, here we go. Here's Bob Melvin.
4: He's ready to play. All right,
2: Chris. He's ready to play. He's ready to play. Yeah. I hear you know, it.
4: Didn't do it during the regular season. Uh, we didn't do it during the regular season.
2: I I think this is Bob Melvin. <laughs> Way more than yesterday's so whatever comparison was between Paul and the Palm <laughs> Stars <laughs> guy. This is well, this. As, as Bob Melvin,
4: I will. I, there is a little bit of concern for me. Um, I'm hoping we can close this out uh, Friday and Saturday because Game Five. I don't know who's going to be our starting pitcher. Uh, hopefully, it, we won't need to address that, uh, but. There is some concern with who we're going to start. Hopefully, I'm guessing it's just going to be a bullpen day. But I am a little worried about Game 5, but we'll deal with that if we get there. Hopefully, we'll close it out on Saturday night with our boy Joe Musgrove.
2: Chris, thanks Bob, for Bob, thank, thank you very much for the call. I, I think you made some great points. The lineup depth. Um, for instance, yeah, Bell, Drury... But that also pushes guys like Trent Grisham and Austin Nola down to the bottom of the lineup. And having them come through in the 8 and the 9 spots has been huge for those Padres in the playoffs. Now, if they're batting 5th and 6th, those contributions, they might still be important. But it's different when you lengthen your lineup uh, with the trades that the Padres made. And uh, as for Ruben Niebla's impact, uh, it's been undeniable. I do think the Padres are going to need... One more lockdown start, like the one they got from Joe Musgrove, either from Snell or Musgrove, where you are just untouchable. You know what? There are some games when a pitcher can't be touched, and the Padres will need one of those. I think in the we next need two days,
3: twenty twenty Tampa Bay Snell
2: game yes. six against the Dodgers. Yes, or Joe need. can do it again. But they're going to need. I they expect they, Joe to. You do know, it. I can see them. You know, fighting through and, and getting enough runs and winning one game uh, like they did last night. But they'll need one where the Dodgers just can't touch them. And it's like a zero or a one spot. And you can win with just a couple of runs. I think you're going to need that uh, to win this series going forward. All right, we uh, we still need a contestant for real or fake as well. Let's go out, though, to uh, Wyatt. 833-288-0973. Good morning, Wyatt. How are you? Morning, guys. Doing amazing, and I'm ready to uh, head down there Friday and Saturday. He sounds a little like Bob Melvin as well. Going to say
3: that? What the hell is happening? Do we have like a filter on our phone lines? Like everybody?
2: I'm not a cat. I've never gotten that. You must. All right, fair enough. What's on your mind, Wyatt?
4: I just have this vision. As much as I want to destroy them, Saturday night, Manny Machado walk off hit, rounding third, just. Staring into that dugout, ending their season. And it just gets me going every time I think about it.
2: It's possible. And I just
4: want to share that image with everyone.
2: It's possible. The Padres, of course, have had a number of last at-bat wins. The one, uh, most of their wins against the Dodgers this year have come in the last at-bat in the last inning. If the Padres win tomorrow night, Saturday's going to be so unbelievably tense. Because the Dodgers will feel... Rightfully so, that if they get back for a Game 5 at Dodger Stadium, that they'll be a, a, a healthy favorite, whether the Padres are going with a bullpen day or you know bringing back you Darvish on short rest. He threw a lot of pitches. That's not going to be easy.
3: But it's like 90-something? Yeah,
2: I mean, the Dodgers will think that they'll have the advantage. But if they don't win tomorrow, they know they can't even get it back without a win on Saturday. It changes everything. If Now, if the Dodgers win tomorrow, sure, the Padres, Joe Musgrove, can get them to that Game 5, and anything can happen in a Game 5, but it'll take something special like a, a a bullpen day for the Padres, for the ages. You know, it could happen, but, you know, that's why I think you're right. Tomorrow is so key uh, for this series. All right, I see we got some callers on the line. Someone must be wanting to play a little real or fake. Let's get to it. It's time for our game. Some are here for the compelling sports talk
1: with Ben and Woods. Yeah, you can go plow through another donut. It's time for Real or Fake on 97.3 The Fan. Uh, tell the people what they'll win today.
2: All right, it's our, uh, it's our regular prize, but since it's a throwback Thursday, we're playing a little Real or Fake, and we're doing it a little later than usual. So just, you know, let's have some fun. Uh, if our contestant can get five right out of ten, not that tough, uh, they will qualify for our grand prize drawing. It is a two-night stay at the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino. Plus, VIP pod at the Westgate Superbook, the world's largest race and sports book, and a $250 food and beverage credit. And all you have to do is separate the real from the fake. All right, Paulie is uh, screening our calls, and I think we have a contestant today. It and is? The first three calls I took were all. They want to talk Padres.
3: That's fine. We then we'll, keep we'll, we are, Padres. We're going to
2: keep talking Padres. But uh, our beloved Jocelyn. All right, Jocelyn, is you, in. you get to get in today. How are you doing this morning, Jocelyn?
4: I am fantastic. All right. She's fired up.
2: All right. So uh, I'm
4: fired.
2: All right. So here's uh, here's our category today. So a guy named Scott Martin, he's the chief investment officer at a wealth management company, appeared on Fox business channel yesterday and complained about inflation leading to his $28 lunch at Taco Bell, which turned the social media insane going, how can you possibly spend $28 on a lunch for one? At Taco Bell. It just seems impossible, but it did inspire me for today's real or fake category. Jocelyn, I have a list of food products. You need to tell me if they were ever a real menu item at Taco Bell or if it's a fake I made up for this game. And you have no woodsy to help you, so you're just going to have to be on your own. Are you ready to play, Jocelyn?
4: I'm ready. Let's
2: do this. All right. Real or fake Taco Bell menu item. First up, the Double Cheese Real or fake? That's real. No, it's not. I made that one up. Sounds real though, and I might actually even order (laughs) it if it was real. That's okay. You only only need five, right? That's just one. We go to round two. Okay. All right, round two. The Mexican chocolate horchata milkshake. Real or fake? Oh God! Talk about
4: a milkshake! Ah! Mexican horchata. Uh, real?
2: God, it sounds delicious. I don't think Taco Bell ever even even has milkshakes at all. It is fake, although I could work for Taco Bell, I think, with these menu items. (laughs) Jocelyn, deep breath. Reset. Listen, I'm
4: a Del Taco girl. I'm sorry.
2: Fair enough. All right, makes it a little (laughs) tougher. Round three. Here we go. The firecracker burrito. Real or fake Taco Bell menu item, Jocelyn? (laughs) Firecracker How oh, oh, about fake? Oh, 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 for three. all right oh my pres- God. The pressure is I rising. I think that, <laughs> that had like some crispy tortilla, like red crispy <laughs> tortilla strips or something in there. All right. All right. All right. Here we go. Come on. Settle down oh, here. God. Round four. Okay. Yeah. The chicken churro chalupa. Real or fake menu item? Chicken churro chalupa. Chicken churro? Yeah. With cinnamon and oh, sugar. That It does, doesn't it? Is it real or fake, though? That's
4: disgusting. I'm going fake. I'm going fake. Yes, it is fake. It's on the board. Chicken churro
2: chalupa. (laughs) One point for Jocelyn. All right, you're on the board. Round (laughs) five.
4: Stop
2: laughing. The (laughs) Cheetos burrito. Cheetos burrito, Jocelyn. Real or fake?
4: Cheetos, burrito. I think they did a whole
2: Cheetos thing. I'm going to go real. Yeah, yeah. they put Cheetos inside the burrito. That is absolutely okay. real. Okay. That's two points. Yeah. Pass on that. All right, we got two. We got a round six. You need five. The Kit Kat Chocadilla, Real or fake That's menu that item? It. That's fake. That's fake. It's real. They put a Kit Kat no! in the and they served it to people. Kit Kat Choc-a-Dia. The Kit Kat Chocadilla was a real menu item. <laughs> All right, we're getting oh down to the God. nitty-gritty. Round seven, Ugh. you got two right. She Na- to win out? Naked, no, she can get one more wrong and still win. Naked chicken chips, real or fake, Jocelyn? <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> you better not have anything with the word naked in it. I'm going to go fake. Yeah, that's
3: real.
2: Oh <laughs> they were like little oh chicken God, nuggets, ben. and you could dip them in nacho cheese.
3: <laughs> oh, that was ben. real. All right, you gotta
2: get yeah. You need to go three for three now. I'm sorry. The oh. pressure is now on. Real or fake, Jocelyn? Okay. Vegan uh. cheese, impossible nachos. Real or fake?
3: Oh
4: God! <clears throat> Vegan at Taco Bell.
2: Vegan cheese, impossible nachos. Real or fake?
4: Oh, God. That, yeah, I want to say fake, but I feel like you're going to say real. Vegan nachos. That's Come on. That's got to be fake. Come it's on. fake.
2: Very good. All right, you're still alive. Oh, God. You're still alive. Oh, that's Jesus. three. I feel like all
4: this right. is a game from last night. All right, here like, we go. Round, like round nine. Go. Oh, round God. nine,
2: Jocelyn. Oh, this is the longest game okay. we've ever played. <laughs> <laughs> Chicken parm taco. A chicken parm taco, real or fake? Taco Bell menu item, Jocelyn.
4: parmesan? Yeah,
2: chicken parm taco.
4: Uh, oh, God. Oh, God. Chicken parm,
3: that's fake. That's fake. That's fake. Italian oh my,
2: that's fake. Oh God. And now we go into the last round. It all comes down to this.
3: It's hater. I feel like hater right now. We're okay. going
2: beverage that's here. It. That's it. Here we go, real or fake? The Airheads White Mystery Freeze. Real or fake for all the Marvels Jocelyn?
4: Oh Jesus. Airhead?
2: Airheads okay. white mystery freeze. Okay, okay. Uh Real Yes! Yeah! It's real Woo-hoo! and Jocelyn in the most And dramatic. the Padres win! I mean, that was as dramatic as the game last night. That was fantastic. That, every, my heart's racing. Every <laughs> inning was pivotal of Jocelyn's <laughs> game of real or fake there. Hang on the line, Jocelyn. We'll put your name into the drawing for the getaway to Las Vegas. And congratulations. On winning a Holy spectacular crap. game of real or fake. <laughs> have you tried any of those menu items, Polly? No. Kit Kat Chocodilla? Did I, I would have said that was fake. No, that was real. I don't remember. Airheads that. White Mystery Freeze? <laughs> I would try. To... What was the one that you would have tried that I made up? The double burgerito? Uh, the Mexican uh, chocolate horchata milkshake? Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty, sounded pretty me? good, didn't Come it? Come on. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I'll pass on the chicken churro chalupa, though. All right, we'll come back. Uh, your phone calls. We got callers on the line. We'll continue no, talking no Padres vegan baseball. Cheese, impossible. Nachos. Oh my god! That would be the worst thing to talk about ever. <laughs> <laughs> back after a check of traffic here on ninety-seven-three. The fan. <laughs>
0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: It's time for the NFL Insider Report. Are you ready for some football? Brought to you by Hamul Casino. With seven restaurants, thousands of slots, thrilling table games, and a sports pub voted San Diego's best, it's no wonder Hamul Casino is always a fan favorite. Hamul Casino. Close, friendly, fun.
2: Yeah, we'll probably bring back Eric Adelson next week when we're not in the throes of the Padres playoff run. I will say, though, about our pro football report that there are some good games in the NFL to keep an eye on this weekend, including the afternoon game on Sunday. Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Chiefs could easily be a preview of the AFC Championship game. And the Sunday night game, Cowboys at Eagles, uh, two NFC East teams off to really hot starts, 4-1, and 5-0, and Uh, Things to keep an eye on. But one of those good games is not tonight's game. Tonight's game is Commander's Bears. And I feel like this is a litmus test on where we are in this country. Because there is a right answer and a wrong answer. You should be watching the baseball playoffs tonight, not we are commanders, not commanders. at If you're going to watch a team that that changed their nickname this year because of a troubling uh, Native American nickname of the past, go with the Guardians against the Yankees, not the commanders against the Bears. There's just no reason to be watching that football game. Maybe, I mean, if you have like a bunch of commanders and bears on your fantasy team, but if you do, you're in last place and it doesn't matter anyway. (laughs) And then I would say, what are you doing? So why would you be watching that game? I mean, do you feel like because you paid for it with Amazon Prime that you need to get your money's worth? You love Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit that much that you just can't miss them? Don't. I will it, be
3: parking my ass on the couch for
2: and, Mariners Astros and if you, at twelve thirty. And if you really hate the Yankees that much that you don't want to watch them, then rewatch the Padres game from last <laughs> night. Don't watch Commanders Bears, please. Don't. What did you? Uh, what was the um the price tag you determined for each Thursday night football game? It, it was something like seventy eight million. Seventy eight million dollars. Make this the most ridiculous overpay for a game in history. I mean, last week. Was don't quality, watch this one. Last week was pretty bad. Yeah. Last week was a horrible game, but it wasn't opposite. I mean, was it opposite? It wasn't opposite playoff games. They didn't start until Friday. There was nothing else on last Friday, so everyone was watching it. You actually have other options in the sports world uh, tonight. Watch an NHL game. Watch the tennis at the Barnes Tennis Center maybe in maybe Point preseason Loma. Preseason
3: NBA, that's probably more yeah, entertaining. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Watch Commanders a preseason and
2: Bears. game. There's no you know reason to watch, something to watch Commanders and Bears.
3: Watch, if you have Netflix, uh, I watched the Redeem Team documentary yesterday on the 2008... Olympic uh, team. Olympic team. With, uh,
2: Mike Shashevsky as yep. the head coach. And
3: it, and it starts with them getting embarrassed in 2004 in Athens, and you're thinking, these guys are the... These are the best the NBA has ever How could we offer. ever lose How in basketball? How could they possibly and lose? Olympics. And it's the transition of, look, this isn't our game anymore. This is a world game now, and you need to humble yourselves a little bit it was actually it was really well done uh super fascinating just, i enjoyed it
2: don't watch commander's bears <laughs> let's uh let's get a, another phone call or two in before eno here uh bottom of the hour who we got dodds it says here at jed jed at the okay jed you were on ben and woods on ninety through the fan how
5: are how you guys doing good
2: morning how are you
5: good 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 morning thanks for having me on
2: what's on your mind
5: uh, honestly, first of all, let's go Padres, yep. bringing home the series tied 1-1. Talked about that, but I wanted to pick your guys' brain on uh, what you guys think about the lost art of small ball in the game of baseball today. I feel that both the Padres and Dodgers could have executed a little bit better uh, in games one and game two, and kind of want to know your guys' thoughts.
2: I, You know what? I um, It is a bit of a lost art, especially during the regular season. I've been seeing more of it, though. In the postseason, and and you know the Padres have had some good at bats with runners in scoring position. Both of their runs, I think, are the second and third run in Game One were good at bats, driving in runners from third with less than two outs. Zocar stealing second base. Uh, you had um, tra- uh, Jake Cronenworth had a great at bat to drive in a run, um, the go ahead run, three to two in the second. Was it was the second inning, I think. Uh, when he battled back from an 0-2 count and got a ground ball to first to score a run. Trent They tried to, you know, the safety squeeze, and Trent Grisham laid down a really nice bunt. Uh, Will Myers, you know, had to make a read there, and and if Bruce Dark Gratterall doesn't do the do-or-die play, probably scores pretty easily, but that's all small ball. We've seen more of it in the playoffs, more bunting, uh, more sacrifices than we did during the regular season, so if that's what you're looking for, I know that's not how baseball is played nowadays, but you know, one run seems more important in a postseason game, so you see managers playing for that one run a little more often. I'd actually go the opposite. Sure, not every time does do you come through with a runner at third. And the Dodgers had situations where they didn't. Uh, there was that hot shot by Trey Turner to Manny Machado. Is that bad small ball that the Dodgers didn't get him in? I mean, Trey Turner hit the ball uh, over 100 miles an hour, and Manny scooped it like he does and kept the runner at third and threw him out at first. That's just good entertaining baseball right there. I, I liked it. I mean, it went both ways last night. So, uh, appreciate the call. Hang on. We're going to come back, bottom of the hour. Eno Saris is going to join us for our weekly smart baseball segment. This hour of Ben and Woods is brought to you by Senior Grubbies in downtown Carlsbad and Oceanside. Check out their daily happy hour from 3 to 6. Hashtag eatgrubbies and eatgrubbies.com. And, of course, you can always uh, check out Eno, all of our interviews, by downloading the free Odyssey app. Uh, you can get us on demand anytime you want. Uh, Go to odyssey.com, download the Odyssey app, go to your app store, get it today. Back with Eno Saris and more on the Padres and Dodgers next year on 97.3 The Fan. This hour 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by OnDeck Small Business Loans. When you own a small business, sometimes you need funds fast. So go to OnDeck.com, America's largest online small business lender. OnDeck makes it easy to apply in minutes. Apply for your loan today at OnDeck.com. Uh, Bob Melvin may have said that the Padres Mets ear flap with Joe Musgrove is water under the bridge. But Joe hasn't exactly forgotten it. Uh, I talked to the Union Tribune yesterday and uh he had a bone to pick with uh, Brian Kenny as well. We we played all that audio earlier in the week about Brian Kenny kind of laying out his case why why Joe was cheating and and Joe was upset about it. Uh he said he specifically mentioned Brian Kenny and said that uh it it's kind of it bothered him basically. Uh what what you know people are saying about him in the national media he says it just completely takes away from the effort everything that I did. The other night by saying what he said he's doing a platform where the entire baseball community is watching. And now I feel like every time I go out there, I got to have something to prove like I'm not cheating. There are always going to be people second guessing everything I do because of what he said. And he had zero proof. I mean, everything pointed to the fact that I did not cheat and he's finding a way to make sure that I did cheat. Well, when you talk about the evidence and what it really says I think we have to go back to to Eno Serres and what he said about it. We are going to talk to Eno, our weekly segment, and start right there. Let's just get right to him here. All right, we're going to get right to him. Let's play his open.
1: Happy Thursday, Pandres fans. It's time for the super-polished, yet-to-be-named Smart Baseball Weekly segment with Eno Saris, powered by 7 Mile Casino, San Diego's premier card room, featuring California blackjack, poker, and baccarat, just seven minutes from downtown. Yes! Here's Ben and Woods on the home of the Padres, 97.3 The Fan. All right,
2: out we go to our premier Chevrolet Carlsbad fan hotline. Uh, Paul tells me Eno, fighting through it a little bit this morning, so we really do appreciate are uh, you joining us here, Eno? Um how are you first of all?
5: Uh, I got to get better. I yeah. got to get better. Oh yeah, this time of to year. San Diego for this, that game. For sure. This On time. Like, oh,
2: I can uh, hear it in his nose. Like, I <laughs> right, we'll keep this quick. I just want to ask you a couple questions then. I did set up the the Joe Musgrove stuff and really everyone was pointing to some of the tweets that you sent out. Uh you know, comparing Joe to to what other pitchers are doing in the playoffs. What was your ultimate takeaway from from the entire as I call it the ear flap uh with the New York Mets on sunday I think the
5: best way to do it is this when we had enforcement right uh we had enforcement where they all of a sudden were doing something different and checking the players' hands, and we saw uh, about a fifth of the league drop two hundred to three hundred rpm on their on their fastballs, so we know kind of what. Cheating looks like. And by the way, Musgrove did not drop at all uh, during enforcement. So you know, you a have sign to that he probably say,
2: wasn't doing anything beforehand.
5: Right. That's kind of you'd have to say that he kind of powered through when most other people quit. Um, and then, so he did his spin was up in that game, but it was up a hundred. So it's just not on the same scale. It's basically uh, like a half or like a, almost one standard deviation in, in math parlance. It's, it's not a big deal it's not an outlier um and basically his velo was up too and spin and velo are related spin goes up when velo goes up and so you know when you look at the, all those things in concert you basically said this is you know yeah he was throwing harder yeah he spun a little bit harder but it's totally within the normal range of of what he's done all year
2: you know, I know there's been some speculation that as the year has gone on, pitchers have kind of found a way to at least bring something back that you know maybe they can they can wipe off that the umpires don't feel as they come off the field. But it's not like what it was before. You can't just wipe spider tack off your hand. Something like that is is going to be felt when the umpires do that check, presumably. So we're not really still we're not in the era of a year or two ago. When pitchers were getting away with maybe some stuff that was out of bounds,
5: yeah, I mean, there's uh, you can see it pretty clearly uh, in the Guardians Yankees series. There's a couple
2: pictures there
5: where you can see the big drop in the spin rate, um, you know, after uh, enforcement, and then a return, but not a return to where it used to be. So, um, you know, they used to they drop maybe, you know, as an example, like sort of 250 rpm and they've come back like 150 or so. Uh, so the very, the very top has been lopped off. But, um, you know, I think people are getting pretty ingenious and uh, just finding something that's clear uh, and sticky and, uh, and then being able to wipe it off with uh, hand sanitizer or, or baby oil or something on the pants. So you basically have an on-off switch. You have an on area, and then you have an off area. Um, and, uh, you know, that's working for some people. You can see it in the numbers, but there's just no pattern like that from Musgrove.
2: Talking to Eno Saris, our weekly Smart Baseball segment here on 97.3 The Fan. All right, Padres, Dodgers. Uh, One thing I wanted to get your opinion on was the Dodgers, the bullpen plan and their usage and and how it appears that that Dave Roberts really isn't going to go with a closer in the postseason. He's simply going to go inning by inning, matchup by matchup. It worked very well for them in game one, uh, maybe not quite as well in Game Two, from a you know, come a, a sabermetric analysis. You know, it does. It makes. It seems like that makes a lot of sense, but maybe a little harder to execute in real life. What's your kind of take on that?
4: I don't know. I think
5: we're seeing it more and more in these playoffs. If you look over in the Phillies series, their best relievers are Sirento Dominguez and Jose Alvarado. Uh, they closed the game out with Eflin. Um, so what you're seeing is uh, just using your best relievers against their best hitters. Um, and I think that young pitchers uh, coming up now are just used to that. You know, they can see it. They're competitive. And I think that matters a little bit more to them than owning an inning. I think they're more like, oh, man, you're going to put me up in the eighth against the middle of their lineup? Hell yeah, like I'm ready to go. You know. <laughs> so, uh, and I think that we're also seeing... You know, just bullpens being treated as full units where they're just like, you know, we're going to be deployed however we're deployed and we we have these outs to get and that's our job. So um, I, I don't think that people need, uh, you know, roles like that. The only question I have for the Dodgers is, is that bullpen deep enough? I think the Padres' bullpen goes a little bit deeper. Uh, you're talking about Alex Vessia and Evan Phillips being very good chris martin's okay and then uh you know gratterall allows contact as you saw so um, you know I, I i i just question if it's deep enough to take your starter out in the fifth or the fourth inning every time
2: you know i'm wondering how much um how much you've looked into numbers when it comes to to umpire bias we were just talking about uh, the padres umpire the the umpire scorecard which of course is is unofficial but their first five playoff games uh they're negative two and a half runs now some will point to conspiracy theories in favor of big market teams. I, I tend to go with the Padres have played all those games on the road, and umpires, as fair as they try to be, are human beings and get influenced by crowds subliminally, subconsciously, and and, and calls tend to go toward home teams in all sports uh, with officials. Um, that being said, now coming back to Petco Park, I would expect it to go the other way. It doesn't always work out that way, but have you kind of looked into that at all and, and, and how big of a deal – you know, those close missed calls, whether it's the ball strike calls at the plate, that how they do influence games, especially in short series like the playoffs. Uh,
5: there's a there's a really important seminal study done on umpire bias that found uh, some kind of ugly stuff. I mean, just about bias. I mean, some of it's normal bias towards veterans, right? Uh, just, you know, like Juan Soto at this point is a veteran. If he, you know, gives you an eye after a call, maybe you adjust. You know, he gets because. it.
2: I've I've seen it more than other players on the yeah. Padres that Juan Soto gets those close calls that other Padres do not
5: because because they just assume that he knows the strike zone really well. So that's that's a like kind of a healthy bias. But they also found some sort of racial bias and you know ethnicity bias and uh, and definitely uh, 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 you know count bias. You know, letting people back in the count uh, at three zero and three one um you know some borderline strike calls there um and then yeah home away bias so you know some ugly some you know just uh run of the mill like how that's how baseball works but you know it's human and that's there's a lot of bias in there yeah there was
2: an O two 2 pitch to max muncie in the uh in the second inning last yeah. night that you that was curveball. A, a curveball that was strike three and ended up homering on the seventh pitch i mean it's a huge swing when that happens, and AJ and, and Muncie said... Muncy
5: has that Juan Soto bit, you know, like M- Muncy is he, he's he's yep. got a Juan Soto eye, you know. So you kind of you kind of yeah. I think he just got locked up and assumed that Muncy didn't swing at
2: it. <laughs> you know, AJ Prezinski, who was uh, who was doing the game on FS1, says, "Well, sometimes you know you'll even fool the umpire with a good pitch." And I tweeted, "Okay, that's the only argument I need for the electronic strike zone." you know, you can't you, if if the pitchers are fooling the umpire, what are we doing here
5: <laughs> the you know the uh the, you know when we looked into the numbers uh
2: the the thing
5: that 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 the machine would get most often over the human uh are balls that go from ball to strike, so pitches that go from ball to strike, so front door uh top of the zone, bottom of the zone, like ball to strike pitches don't get called uh so you know that is that is a human bias there.
2: All right. Um, last thoughts, then we'll let you go. And I appreciate you, you fighting through this. You know, it sounds uh, I really do appreciate it uh, as they come back to Petco Park with Blake Snell and Joe Musgrove on the mound. And then Tony Gonsolin uh, has been named the starter for game three, not knowing what you know, they're going to be able to get from him. He's only pitched two innings since August. What's your kind of analysis at, at where this series stands and, and what we should look for?
5: I mean, I think, uh, did what they had to do. They took one game in LA. And, uh, I, you know, I know Tony Gonsolin's had a really great year. And, you know, Blake Snell's went up and down. But to me, the pitching advantage goes to Padres here. And it's not just, uh, just the starting pitchers. It's the fact that Tony Gonsolin may not go deep. And now we're going to have to see, uh, you know, how many outs he can get. The one wild card is Dustin May. If he brings in Dustin May in the third or fourth, uh, that that guy is just that guy's ridiculous. Um, so that'll make it tough. Could be a low scoring matchup where, you know, Blake Snell goes long uh, ish, you know, six innings with 130 pitches, <laughs> and uh, but they keep it really close. So I, I think that uh, the Padres are looking pretty good right now.
2: May is ridiculous. Padres beat him twice down the stretch. Somehow though, uh, Eno, please get better because we would love to see you out. Uh, with listeners and partying in the gas lamp if this playoff run continues. And uh, we'll talk to you I'm next week. I'm coming
5: down on Friday. I'm coming down to San Diego. I'll be at the game on Friday. All right. All right fantastic. fantastic. Attending, all right. As a, it, attending as a fan.
2: All right. Uh, tomorrow that. is the day. And if you're here real early, we'll be at Punchbowl Social in the East Village doing our show live. Eno Saris on our Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall Chevrolet. Find new roads. All right, now let's take a quick check of traffic and then we'll come back and wrap up this hour of Men and Woods on 973 The Fan. If you want to relight those phone lines, you can now, 833 eight zero ninety seven three. 973. And as I just mentioned, we will be live tomorrow morning, kicking off a huge Friday in San Diego for Padres fans, just for the community as a whole, and for us at 973 The Fan. We're going to be broadcasting from Bowl Social. Tomorrow morning starting at 6 a.m. If you haven't been, it's in the East Village, 1485 E Street. So just kind of a, a few blocks over and up from Petco Park. Uh, we'll be there at 6, followed by the Coach Cantera from 10 to 2. Punch Bowl is a amazing venue. Uh, they have, first of all, scratch food, craft beverages, and endless gaming options. And we're talking about arcade games, bowling alley, uh, you know, like bar games like Shuffleboard and, um, you know, uh, Cornhole bags and, yep. and everything like that. It's really, really fun. Uh, they have karaoke, ping pong, uh, brunch, and live music every weekend. And a Halloween party coming up on Saturday, August 29th uh, with a live DJ costume contest, boozy Halloween punch, and much more. But the uh, the takeaway is we want to see you there tomorrow uh, starting at 6 a.m. We want another great crowd like we had at Alesmith uh, this week. Uh, even bigger and better for the first home playoff game, I uh, get say, your day started. We, we have
3: had some huge turnouts at, at our remotes. I mean, opening day comes to mind. Of course, last Friday at A.L. Smith, I want to see this place packed. Tomorrow. I really
2: do, and it's a big place, so it's going to take a lot of Tier 1s, yeah. but I know there's a lot of Tier 1s out there, uh, so hopefully we'll see you out there tomorrow morning at Punchbowl Social. All right, let's go back out to the phones here uh, before the top of the hour. I think we got Lou uh, here on 97.3 The Fan. Good morning.
4: Hey, how are you guys doing? Hey, how are you? Hey, uh, I just got to tell you guys, I just came back to San Diego and, uh, I'm a trucker. Last night I was listening to the broadcast on you, on 973 Padre station and all of a sudden I, I'm, I'm, was, uh, delivering in Carson. I had to switch it over to the, to the end of the three, the three bottom, uh, the second half of the game. And there was nothing better than to hear the broadcasters of the Dodgers, just their wind knocked out of them. When we finished off and Soto caught that last out, it was such an amazing feeling. (laughs) And uh, I'm hoping that everybody that goes to the game on Friday just uh, deafens the whole system and we become uh, the loudest crowd in the postseason.
2: It was uh, great to see last night because obviously in game one, the Dodgers scored early. So the crowd was in it. Basically for all nine innings, they were loud, they were happy, they were enthusiastic. Very different story last night. Yeah, there was there was back and forth moments and the Dodger fans had a lot to cheer about. But when the Padres took the lead late and then when Jake added the insurance home run... That was the first time you really heard Dodger Stadium go quiet. He
3: pimped that home run so hard. I literally thought the ball was going foul. I did, too. Like, I thought he saw it differently because he wasn't running out of the box yet. He just And he was, stood calm. There. he was so calm. He <laughs> yeah. was
2: like, oh, damn, right. this is foul, isn't it? Yep. And
3: even I was so I was calm. I was following him. I'm like, uh. And then when I saw a fan catch it and seeing it was clearly fair, I started yelling. And Megan goes, what was that delayed reaction? I go, I thought it was foul. Did you see his reaction?
2: And then they showed the replay with his uh, his bat flip and his his yell toward the Padres dugout. I mean, if that was at Petco Park, if that happens, downtown will like the windows will be broken because of the noise coming out of Petco Park. It's going to be amazing. See a Punch Bowl Social tomorrow. One final hour of Ben & Woods. We got some Randall Report headlines and more calls coming up here on
0: 97.3 The Fan.